Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike, with Lee Lonsberry, from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is what we're calling this show, episode 22. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, can I point out something a texter said to me? i got to explain something. Jokes are a lot less funny when you have to explain them, but uh, let me give it a shot. So the text reads, I do not like Lee Lonsberry's comment when he said something like, are those still around about the Apple iPhone 5 and 7 that the terrorist had? I use an iPhone 7 because I don't want to pay the price of the newer phones. He sounded arrogant. Thank you. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, I did make reference to the iPhone, which sits next to me here on the console. It, too, is a, an iPhone 7. Didn't mean to sound arrogant. Thought I was trying to be funny. Uh, swing and a miss. My bad. Next time, we'll try harder. This segment, though, we are turning our attention back to... The China trade deal. We spoke in the last segment to Derek Miller, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance, to get the big picture what this means uh, for our country and our state. Uh, well, on the line now to talk a little more specifically about what it means is uh, my friend Ron Gibson with the Utah Farm Bureau. Sir, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Lee? Not bad at all. Pretty good news to wake up to this morning, huh? Oh, man. We've been excited about this for a couple of weeks, ever since we heard when they were going to sign this. It's exciting. Talk to me about the state of things uh, through which you've been enduring and the farming community has been enduring, and then what do we hope uh, will come from uh, the signing of today's deal? Well, um, China at one time was the largest market for ag exports for agriculture in our, in our industry, and we've slipped to fifth, and that's a huge cut for us. And what it does is it just backs those products that we've been growing back and it drops the price for all the farmers across the country. So we're extremely excited for the opportunity to get back into that market with our corn, with our soybeans, with our dairy, with our beef. Um, those are things that are really, really, really going to help us as agricultural producers all across the country. Among other things, this deal uh, compels China to commit to a number of different investments. And uh, that's $80 billion in manufactured goods, uh, $50 billion in energy products, services, $35 billion. And then for soybeans, pork, and other U.S. farm products, uh, this deal commits Beijing to spending $32 billion uh, on services and products such as that. What will that mean for Utah? How much of that will we see? Well, it's, it's $80 billion of agricultural products over a two-year period. And, and what it means to us is even though we don't grow a lot of soybeans here in the state, 
um, when when soybean prices are low, that that in turn lowers the price of corn and wheat and everything else that we do grow here in the state. And so by by moving those products out, that creates an opportunity for more acres to to be exported so that the price can come up on the commodities that we grow here in our state. So it's just going to be a huge thing. You know, farmers and ranchers across the country and in our state have been supportive of President Trump because we know these trade deals in the past have been set up to benefit them and hurt us. And now it's been a really hard time as we've gone through these tariffs as a dairy producer. The the impacts that have been on my business have been tremendous over the last couple of years. And we're really, really excited to bring some certainty back to our markets and have the opportunity to see this commodity market move in a positive direction. We're speaking to Ron Gibson with the Utah Farm Bureau this morning, just after Speaker Pelosi announced the managers who would be prosecuting the impeachment case against the president in the Senate. Right about that same time, uh, we also learned that the president himself, alongside uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin announced that a deal had been struck and signed with China, the first phase. Uh, now, Ron, let me ask you about something still uh, undecided and still uh, outstanding, and it has to do with Chinese subsidies uh, on their uh, companies. Is it correct to understand that we here in the United States and Utah in the uh, farming and agricultural sector are competing with uh, with farmers out there in China who are being given a, a leg up and experiencing and receiving subsidies and in some cases uh, wholly owned and operated by the Chinese government? Absolutely. What does that yep. mean in terms of uh, a playing field? Is it level or not? Well, it's not. And and that's what, that's what we've been trying to work on is when we talk about these free trade agreements, that's really what it means is it should be a level playing field all across the board. And it has not been that way in the past. You know, it's it's hard, you know, when the Chinese government is subsidizing the products there and then charging tariffs for our products to come in, it makes it very difficult for our products to move evenly there. And and that's what President Trump was trying to fix. And, you know, we're only in phase one of three phases in right. this deal. And hopefully this is the... This is a, a good crack, and I think we're definitely headed in the right direction. You know, I'm excited to see what this relationship looks like in five years, you know, and see see where we can really end up. But but I'm excited for the steps that have been put in place today and the opportunity that that's going to give the farmers and ranchers in our state and in our country. Speaking of the president, for the third year in a row, he will uh, travel and uh, speak to the Farm Bureau's annual convention. Uh, you, I believe, will be in attendance. What do you hope to hear from the president? Well, I I think we're going to hear from the president that um, kind of kind of a report card. You know, the last two years, he's He's talked to us about the China deal. He talked to us about USMCA, the Mexican-Canadian trade agreement. You know, it's pretty exciting that this week there's a very good chance the Senate can pass the USMCA. And and you've definitely signed the China deal today. And, you know, that's a pretty fun report card to give to the farmers and ranchers of the country. And it says a lot that the president has been to our convention three years in a row. Um, you know, I when, when he ran, I wondered if... If this New York billionaire would, would care about agriculture, but he promised us he would, and 
and and it's pretty exciting to see him come and really pay attention to agricultural producers across the country because he doesn't have to. Um, I don't think he has to to win his election, and and it shows to me the character and and the ability that he has to keep his promises that he's made to us. Outstanding. Rod Gibson with the Utah Farm Bureau. Sir, I'm grateful to you for, for joining me on the line here to talk about this important deal. Have a good day. Thank you. You do the same. Take it easy. Uh, listen, next segment I'm very excited about. We will be joined in studio by former U.S. Representative Chris Cannon. He was one of the managers prosecuting uh, the impeachment case against President Clinton back in 1999. He's going to join us here in studio, share with us his experiences then and what we can expect playing out uh, today as the uh, Democrats uh, seek to remove the president from office in the Senate trial next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. With Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 22. Hey, I touch on something from the last segment real quick. Uh, the, this Apple deal where the terrorist uh, killed some Americans down in Florida and the attorney general asked Apple to help them accessing some of the information uh, on their iPhone. Some of these text messages have come in with some opinions on that. I want to share them real quickly. Uh, and it says uh, one of them, uh, where did it go? Um, Anyway, the point being communicated is that, uh, oh, sure, uh, you let the government uh, take your phone and uh, and then this company just opens them up and expose you to uh, all sorts of scrutiny by the government. That's not what we need or want. Well, listen, I think that when you are talking about you and I as private citizens who likely aren't engaged in the type of behavior that this terrorist uh, engaged in down there in Florida... Uh, I, I think we find ourselves in two different categories, and I am willing uh, to allow a private company like Apple, publicly traded, uh, to uh, to unlock the phone of this terrorist and remain confident uh, that they won't be exploiting my data. I am not willing uh, to close the door on investigations like this. Uh, because I am afraid of some hypothetical threat. Now, this isn't one of those uh, those who would sacrifice a little bit of security in exchange for blah blah or deserving of neither. This is not that. All right, I, I'm one of the guy. I'm one of the pro freedom guys. I can assure you of that. Uh, and simply, my assertion is this, and my premise and belief is this: that Apple ought be helping combat terrorism. It uh, is their duty as a member of the business community, and I think it is their uh, duty uh, as uh, an American company. Anyway, so that's um, my soapbox. I'll hop on off that uh, and move uh, rather dramatically to our next topic, and it deals with a new China deal. In the midst of Speaker uh, Pelosi's announcement today uh, that she had uh, compiled a list and determined who she would be sending over to the Senate to act as managers in this impeachment trial, uh, on some of the news agencies you saw in the lower right-hand corner, uh, another camera view. And it was uh, the president, along with uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin and some others, announcing uh, that the first phase of this deal uh, with China... Uh, has been signed and agreed upon. And uh, to help me better understand both the the deal at large and its impact on Utah is Derek Miller. He's uh, joining us on the line, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance. I want to point something out. Uh, Derek, first off, thanks for joining us on the program today. 
Lee, great to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. You are one of the very few who uh, joined us on episode one of this uh, great program. We were talking about a very similar uh, topic, so I'm grateful to you for, for joining us. And you are, uh, we ought to start a club or a t-shirt for you folks uh, who joined <laughs> us on, on episode one. I'm the grateful Founders to you. club. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, let me ask you very generally, uh, how do you react to, to the news that this deal has been signed today? It's good news. Obviously, the markets see it as good news. Businesses, uh, particularly in Utah, will see this as good news because China is one of our top trading partners, as is Hong Kong, a province of China. And uh, Both of those areas are in our top five trading partners. And so anything we can do to provide more predictability and, and let these businesses in Utah understand the rules of the game uh, is going to be better. And by the way, it's better more fair rules of the game. So it's good news for us here in Utah. There are a number of components to this deal, which is just phase one of uh, maybe multiple phases. There's a suspension of a, of a tariff increase on uh, exports to the U.S. in exchange for uh, some commitments uh, by Beijing. Uh, and to what they'll do, some of those commitments include uh, increasing their purchases of soybeans and pork and other U.S. farm products. And the dollar amount affixed to that agreement is $32 billion. We've got a little bit of that business here in the state of Utah. Is that right? We do. In fact, uh, one of the, the great victims of the trade war over the past on nearly two years now between between the two largest economies in the world, of course, the U.S. being number one and China being number two, uh, was our agricultural industry, our, our dairy farmers, uh, those uh, who are growing hay and, and other great Utah products and selling them around the world. And and so that's good news. It's not just good news for uh, Utah farmers. It's good news for uh, more than the 3,500 businesses in Utah that every single day are competing in global markets. And, you know, uh, Lee, 80% of those uh, thousands of businesses in Utah are small businesses. They, they, it, it's what they're focused on every single day to work hard and keep their head above water and be profitable. They certainly don't have the resources to go out and hire an army of lawyers and other people to negotiate uh, singly or individually at these sorts of agreements. And so the fact that we have a trade agreement that gives them predictability, again, the rules of the game, it's particularly important for our small businesses. Speaking of those small businesses and competition in general, this, as I said, is only phase one of uh, yeah. what will likely be multiple phases. Uh, what I view this doing as opening the door to a very specific conversation uh, with China, uh, dealing with their sub the subsidies they hand down to their domestic companies those are companies That's that right. uh, the small businesses here in Utah and across the country must compete with but they're not doing so uh, on an exactly level playing field they're competing with government money Chinese government money uh, when their resources here are drawn from the free and open market well as you as you mentioned this is just phase one and phase two is going to deal with that most difficult question and, and that is how do you handle these uh, companies in China that receive state government subsidies? How do you deal with the thousands of businesses that are actually state-owned businesses? I mean, forget about just being subsidized. Sure. They're actually owned by the government in China. That that will be uh, a fight for another day. But the, the good news for us uh, is twofold. Number one, uh, we retain some leverage. We didn't give up everything in this phase one deal. We still have a lot of leverage um, 
that we can use in a, in a next phase because not all of the tariffs were eliminated. Uh, only uh, a, a few of them were reduced. We also called a truce on about $160 billion of tariffs that were about to go into effect. Uh, but So we still have some of that leverage. One thing uh, that we haven't talked about that is part of phase one that's super important to Utah companies, and that is more protection for their intellectual property. Right. Uh, in the past, for decades, businesses that were going over to China uh, were being forced into giving up uh, their intellectual property by saying, if you want to do business here, uh, if you want to enter into a, a, a joint venture agreement, if you want to sell your product here, you've got to open up your books, you've got to show us your technology. And then, of course, we know what would happen is, uh, you know, the next thing the company would turn around and and, the, and China would say, you know what, we don't need you anymore. We already figured out how to do this. Well, no, duh. They yeah. figured out how to do it. <laughs> they were stealing people's intellectual property. They were cheating. When, you know, when President Trump said China is a cheater, he had it right. Uh, and hopefully what this phase one agreement does uh, is that it provides more of those protections for intellectual property. And China has agreed to, in principle, saying we're not going to force U.S. companies uh, to give up their intellectual property, to share their intellectual property. But, Lee, I do have to say this, amidst all the optimism, and I am optimistic about it, we've got to make sure that the proof is in the pudding and they actually live up, that they, China, lives up uh, to the promises that they've made in this agreement. Sometimes in the past they haven't lived up to it. Yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, not just have blind faith that they will, but, you know, let's make sure that we actually put enforcement uh, that's part of the mechanism of this phase one agreement as well. That is the next test. Thank you, Derek Miller, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance. Grateful to you for joining us on episode 22 here talking about this new China deal. All right. Take care. All right. Uh, that was Derek Miller. Next up, uh, we're going to speak to Ron Gibson, who's the Utah Farm Bureau president. Uh, during our conversation with Derek, you heard that China has committed to uh, some $32 billion of spending in the area of soybeans and pork and other farm products here in the United States. We're going to see what that means for Utah next with Ron Gibson here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.